Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders. I really want to thank you for tuning in and invite you to go to outcomesrocket.com slash reviews, where you could leave a rating and review for today's podcast on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think. We love hearing from our listeners. So without further ado, I want to introduce our outstanding guest. Her name is Jocelyn Cowie. She's a renowned medical massage therapist with an outstanding testimonials, hundreds of pro athletes, including Canucks alumni and GFI team qualifiers for National Baseball Congress World Series in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, She's published theses and abstracts three of them in the Canadian Pain Society, International Association for the Study of Pain, the Fascia, Three Congress, uh, Canadian Government Grants. She has an outstanding background and has done so much in the space of medical massage therapy. She's also an entrepreneur and she's done plenty in this space. So what I wanted to do is, is open up the microphone to Jocelyn to round out that introduction Tell us a little bit more about herself, and then we could dive into the show. So, Jocelyn, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so very much. Uh, very kind of you to introduce me, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. Medical massage is an interesting healing art. I started in 1985, graduating from the West Coast College of Massage, and my goal in going to the training program was to find out how my modality actually worked, because I started doing massage as a child, intuitively, mom, dad, you know, rub yep. my back, rub my shoulders. You know, I got married at a young age. My husband was a slave driver in massages every day, and did nursing aid, and learned some basic massage, and then started working with my mom with her rheumatoid arthritis. She was a nurse, and she had a lot of pain, and she couldn't work anymore she was disabled started with the reflexology course started working on my mom amazing results and that led me to wanting to understand this healing art and when I graduated from the West Coast College of Massage I started teaching massage to lay people realized a thesis out of that thesis in 1993 realized an invention and started working on patenting a medical device to measure pain that's very interesting. And so, Jocelyn, we, we had a chance to connect at uh, the Health 2.0 meeting, and you kind of walked us through how that worked. And, and so excited to get through how the device works as well on, on the podcast. Thanks for walking us through the, the story. You know, what got you into medicine? Sounds like you were, you were first uh, introduced by just being able to help others at home, and then it just expanded from there. So can you give an example to the listeners of how you and your company are helping improve outcomes? That is a a more complicated question. And outcomes, of course, with applied AI right now, you can collect data from sensors that are measuring so many things as wearables. And right now that I know of, there's nobody who is really measuring what we're trying to measure, which is areas where people actually feel the pain. MRIs can look at pain through brain scans and see scattered wavelengths that even indicate that there's something going on that the nervous system is getting a signal. But actually getting to the point of pain is what we're trying to do is get to where pain starts, which is really with the inflammatory responses of the body. And you're identifying these pain point areas. And what happens after you identify them? You collect that data, you map it, you chart it, and then you show the 
results of applied therapy to the inflammatory responses that are causing the pain. So instead of pain being the subjective reality that people are expressing and everybody's trying to interpret on a scale of 1 to 10, and because of how people look, what gender they are, what age they are, what nationality they are, pain, how it's expressed or how it's interpreted is subjective. And right now, asking people on a scale of 1 to 10 really is not fair to either the people who are trying to resolve somebody's pain or the patient themselves who's trying to be believed and get medication. People are dying every day from the prescribed medication. Opiate overdose epidemic is a huge problem right now. We believe we can solve that problem by, first of all, we have a modality that works. We can't prove that modality. Let's get evidence-based outcomes by having real tools to measure the cause of pain, treat that cause, show outcomes of pain therapies, and over time, supply that data to insurance companies so that they would want to get involved in paying the people who provide pain relief remedies are a reimbursement that right now might be going to other modalities that actually cause disease and sickness like the opiates and anti-inflammatories. I mean, there's a time and place, don't get me wrong. Totally. Anybody who's in pain should be able to access medications that they need to resolve their pain in the moment. And I'm not an anti, anti-inflammatory. I just think long-term use has known side effects that the FDA has recognized and certainly the U.S. government is really upset right now with the opiate crisis and our Trump is putting money into it too as well. 550 million he's put into the opiate epidemic. So, I mean, we know there's a serious problem here. Absolutely, Jocelyn. And uh, thanks for walking us through that. You know, it sounds like you're you're bringing the science to physical therapy in a way that you'll be able to quantify the pain. You'll be able to quantify how much pain has been alleviated and in turn be able to make it a more viable option compared to the go-to just kind of knee-jerk reaction to opiates or, or anything like that. And I think it's really cool um, that you're approaching this and you're, you're taking this head on. Can you give an example to the listeners of how you've been able to create results already? We have been doing mostly literature reviews on different ways that we could measure inflammatory responses. And through those literature reviews, trying to prototype devices test those devices in scientific studies and revise the design of the device in order to actually get to a point where we have a viable product. When I started, I certainly had no idea of what I was getting myself into. And I mean, the good and bad news is that the good news is, is that there is a solution to measure inflammation. Yes. The bad news is, is hiring engineers are very expensive. Mm-hmm. Starting a company, it's uh, very onerous and certainly stretches my uh area of expertise, which is really in the manual therapy of supplying pain relief as a therapist, which is a great job and a thrilling occupation and helping people who are suffering every day is a passion of mine. And I never uh, cease to be tired. I never feel tired from what I do. I, I just, I help people every day and people are so grateful and appreciative. And I'm so fortunate to have found a career where I'm passionate and get to help people every day. So starting a company, that is a different type of different uh, animal. Yeah, not not my area of expertise going in, but I certainly done lots of CEO boot camps and <laughs> did the Astia program in the Silicon Valley, and I did the Larda program in Anaheim, and I've done Canadian consulate missions to Minneapolis, and yeah, so I mean, there's support out there. I just wish that sometimes the head knew what the tail was doing. Sometimes I wish that my door was being knocked down when you have an answer to a problem like this. Mm-hmm. You want to give it to the world, and it's like, wow, you're trying to push through the door when the door should be actually being knocked at. So 
that, that would be sort of my sort of viewpoint on reality is that the door should be knocked down. I shouldn't have to be knocking. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jocelyn, and, and that's a great point that you bring up because there's a lot of very interesting innovation happening in healthcare and it is tough. The cycles to FDA approval are long and arduous and expensive. And oftentimes entrepreneurs will find themselves in these areas where it's just like, how do I get traction with this equipment? Like people should be running and just large numbers of people should be coming to my door to get this and you get it out there and nobody shows up. Well, Uh, actually it's not out there yet, Sol. So we're not worried about people you know, actually knocking down our doors yet. We haven't done a Kickstarter or any crowdfunding campaign. I mean, hopefully that's when those doors will start knocking. I mean, getting it out there in the public has not been our goal. Our goal is to get the research and development done. And just to backtrack what you said about the FDA, we don't actually see any problems with the FDA or foresee any problems. I mean, we're working with FDA specialists and and as far as we understand, we have a 510k opportunity. So we're really awesome. actually not worried about the FDA. I really actually think what the FDA does is is protect the public and uh, make sure that people don't make false claims about what they're doing. And I wouldn't want uh, the public to think that our device is something that is just a, a false claim. And I wouldn't make the claim that our device is measuring pain until I did scientific studies to identify that. I would right now say that our device gives enough objective measures through multiple sensors that can be used to look at the inflammatory responses, which we know now causes pain. So if we could look at the inflammation of the body as the pain causalgia, then we would be able to have measures that we could prove in scientific literature marry up with patients' subjective say-so, as opposed to saying, this device measures pain right going into the market as a claim. That would be very unfair to the public. Sure. No, I totally get it. And I agree, Jocelyn. It's uh, the FDA definitely is a very necessary body, regulatory body. And uh, I also agree that it's it's there to, to help the public. So definitely not not suggesting. That they <laughs> no, no, I don't think you were. <laughs> I, I guess more correcting that, you know, yes, for drugs, it is an onerous process. And I, I definitely have a, a lot of empathy for drug companies that they didn't have patents, that they didn't have moratoriums on their ideas, generics could come along very quickly and and why put money into things that can't end up giving you a product that you can make money back for the R&D you put into it. And I know they spend millions and millions of dollars and and I have a lot of empathy for large drug companies trying to put new products into the market. Everybody's trying to do what they do in their area of expertise and I honor that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Justin, so... So you're in the process of your of your research, and I think you're in the middle of getting some potentially uh, NIH grants going through. You know, it's it's exciting times. You guys are are getting all your validation done. Can you give us uh, an area right now that you're excited about that you're working on within your research? Well, I think it's really exciting that the NIH is offering a grant right now for a device to measure pain. I mean, that is just so exciting. So we've been very busy over the last few weeks trying to become a U.S. entity. We've succeeded in doing that. Thank you, LegalZoom. <laughs> is that advertising? Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, uh, it was uh, fairly fast and easy and Dunn's numbers and then registering with all the government agencies and certainly wished I had somebody holding my hand, walking me through it, but uh, we're trying our very best to succeed. That's awesome. Well, definitely wish you guys the best during that process and hope that you score that grant so you can move this forward. Thank you. So, Jocelyn, let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine, the 101 or the ABCs of Jocelyn Cowie. Uh, I'd like to write a syllabus for the listeners and 
It's a four question lightning round session. We'll follow that by a book that you recommend to them. You ready? Holy. Okay, so we'll <laughs> give it a give it a shout here. I certainly have some interesting ideas about education. So All right, let's do it. So what would you say, Jocelyn, is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I would say applying AI to data and looking at outcomes that can have analytics applied to the data that can be collected from all the various sensors that are coming into the market. I think the wearable space is really exciting and uh, collecting data and showing data and then making it simple and easy for users to interface with that data. I don't think users want to have all that data. I think it's more sending that data to people who can then triage that data and then those that triage uh, collection place can then send an ambulance or send a care provider, a daughter, a, you know, a family member to help with an elderly patient who might want to stay in their home but uh, has some early dementia or Alzheimer's and need to be monitored, without, not necessarily children living in that environment with the care. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I think that thinking that it's easy and thinking that it's going to be overnight and it's a lot of hard work. Um, I wouldn't recommend it for the uh, weak of heart or spirit or mind. Absolutely. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? Keep up with it. Know what's going on in the market. Go to congresses. See what other people are doing. Keep your fingers on the pulse. It's a moving target and it's moving fast. And if you don't know what's happening, you will not build a device that is going to meet the new market demand. What is one area of focus that should drive everything else in your organization? I think making sure that the research and development team is doing what they need to do in a manner that will make sure that you are compliant, making sure that you're keeping them happy, <laughs> fed, <laughs> and your job as the CEO of a startup company is to make sure you got money to pay them. And that's a tough job. And I think that being a female, being in the entrepreneurial space, living in a small town, very difficult. I think, you know, I was in the Silicon Valley and I was a male CEO with a PhD behind my name, it would be uh, 10,000 times easier. So I think that uh, those are, are definitely barriers. But in the meantime, you know, if you want to keep your share value uh, strong, not selling shares ahead of time when you don't really need the money. So living on a shoestring can actually um, make you get the most out of your money instead of being extravagant. I find if I have money, I'm going to spend it. And sometimes you spend money prematurely, like buying a projector, for example. It was $5,000. It didn't work. They said it was manufactured in the U.S. I said, no, your circuit boards are made in China. They're not following ISO procedures. Send me a replacement. The replacement doesn't work. By the time I get my replacement, the third replacement, you're $5,000 in the hole and you never get to use it because now what we're doing, we're plugging our PCs into a big screen TV and that's what's sitting on your display booth table, not a projector up to a screen. And so I, I think things change and you buy equipment ahead of time that ends up being dysfunctional. I would recommend that living on a shoestring does help you to be more budgetarily constraining in your choices of purchasing decisions and also keeps your share value up. So um, yeah, I think that uh, that's advantageous in a way. Got it. And Justin, what book would you recommend to our listeners? What is it called? The Creative Destruction of Medicine. But that's getting a little old now, but uh, certainly Eric Topol is a leader. I don't know if Daniel Kraft has written any books, but uh, he's another leader in the field. And certainly when he gets up on stage and starts talking about what's going on, you're going to have a hard time unless you're really <laughs> aware yourself of what's going on, keeping up with really the dynamic things that are changing right now in healthcare and 
exponential is the big word of singularity university and exponential medicine is where it's at. I mean, where things are now very inexpensive to build and very can get onto the market very inexpensively. We're looking at 20 years ago, this product would have cost $12,000 to buy. We're looking at 150 right now to buy a product when we're in multiples of 100,000. That is a huge exponential that you can now produce something that does all of the things, even more of the things that we ever could have done 20 years ago. Yeah, for sure, Jocelyn. And and listeners, if you wanted to uh, get any access to any of the, the books that Jocelyn mentioned and links to her company and things like that, just go to outcomesrocket.com slash Cowie. That's C-O-W-I-E. That's Jocelyn's last name. You'll be able to find the, the show notes as well as links to any of the resources provided. Jocelyn, before we conclude, I would love for you to just share a closing thought with the listeners and then the best place where they could get a hold of you. So uh, my nickname, I don't like it a lot, but it kind of sticks, unfortunately. So if listeners uh, want to remember me, they can think of Jocelyn Cowie, Owie Cowie. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's like, oh, just a minute, you drop the C from Cowie and you have Owie and it kind of fits. So our, our my email address directly is jocelyn at assessix.ca or you can also try me at pain numerical one and the symbol one at TELUS, that's the Canadian provider, .net. So those are my two email addresses. Wonderful. And so what would your closing thought be for the listeners? Keep your spirits up. Keep tracking with what you want to do with your life and keep your dreams alive. And uh, don't let the fire burn out. Love it. Justin, this has been great. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to walk us through your thoughts and the, the project that you currently have in hand. We we wish you the best in, in your research. We hope you get this NIH grant and uh, looking forward to, to keeping in touch with you. Thank you so much, Saul. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 